Hare Krishna. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to all the newcomers. Um, I'm requesting, if possible, if we can all um, scoot up and create a more intimate space in the temple room and scoot closer. I'm sure those of you who are in the back are comfortable with the back up against. There's some space here if you'd like to move over to a little closer. Um, so he um, introduced me as the vice principal of TKG Academy, which is the very first school established by our founder, Srila Prabhupada, here in Dallas. And I also happen to be a teacher. So as I say in most of my classes, I will be requesting you to do a few, one or two, um, like classroom activities. And I hope you don't mind that. First, we'll get started with a few prayers to Srimati Radharani and Krishna as an invocation. It is known as the Jaya Radha Madhava prayer. And then we will be chanting the um, main Mahamantra. And the words are up here on the right of the altar. So we'll go ahead and get started. A few minutes of some Sanskrit prayers. And then we will begin with our topic. Anybody have um, able to play the drum? Namishanya Prabhu or Mukunda Prabhu? Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Hare 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 Rama 
हरे रामा राम राम हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम राम हरे हरे कृष्णा कृष्णा हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम राम हरे हरे जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा श्री प्रभु पद की जय सो बिफोर वी बिगिन दिस टॉपिक वी आर गोइंग टू सेट द इंटेंशन इन आवर हार्ट्स बाय चैंटिंग द फॉलोइंग प्रेयर फ्रॉम द स्क्रिप्चर्स And today's topic is Shrimati Radharani and the age of coral. So I'm going to request you to stand, sit with your back straight and take a deep breath. And we will start with the prayer. I'll say it and I request you to respond and we'll say it three times. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya भगवते वासुदेवा ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवा So we will start with a Sanskrit prayer on Shrimati Radharani. So raise your hand if you do not know who Shrimati Radharani is. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, so I'm speaking to friends. So if we can do the opposite and raise our hand if we do know who Shrimati Radharani is. Okay, just to confirm that you heard my first question. Thank you. So. We'll recite this prayer. If you know who she is, you're probably very familiar with this prayer. We'll do word for word at first, and then line by line. Tapta, Kanchana, Gorangi, Radhe, Vindavan, Ishvari, Vrishabhanu. Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi 
ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿ ಪ್ರಿಯ ಆಫರ್ ಮೈ ಹಂಬಲ್ ಒಬೇಸೆನ್ಸೀಸ್ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ರೆಸ್ಪಾಂಡ್ to that divine goddess who has a transcendental form with the complexion of molten gold her name is shrimati radharani and she is the queen of vrindavan she is also the daughter of king rishabhanu All of my respects go to this most beloved of Shri Krishna. So, Radhashtami is on Friday, this Friday, and it is celebrated as one of the most important festivals in the Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya. Today's topic, Srimati Radharani and the Age of Quarrel, was brought because of the mood that Srimati Radharani has taken for all of us in modern in our modern day age and so there are many many things we can say to glorify Srimati Radharani and i feel very unqualified and privileged to be able to be up here to speak to you i'm hoping that we'll have some time at the end of the class to also hear from those of you who said you know who she is as to what you love about her but i do tend to be a little long-winded so i'll try and make the class quick shrimati radharani stands before us to the right of krishna and she always has her hand up in blessings it is said that shrimati radharani is the second form expansion of the supreme personality of godhead so she is different from krishna in that she is just a separate form but she is actually the original supreme personality of godhead and non different from krishna and krishna as we all may know or maybe some of us don't is the supreme personality of godhead the aspect of god that is the most personal filled with all of the six opulences wealth fame beauty renunciation strength and all knowledge and so when god exists of course we know he has no end and no beginning but technically for the sake of the story and for understanding when he created himself he wanted to have a relationship to express his pleasure and enjoyment with and so from this desire to express loving relationship he expands as shrimati radharani and thereby she is known as the alhadini shakti or the energy of the lord that gives pleasure to the lord and from her all of the other shaktis or energies sambit and sandini are manifested but the original purpose of god the supreme power having a female counterpart and a male counterpart is to establish the strength of relationship and the strength of serving one another in order to attain the highest pleasure we have uh, many philosophies that are looking for the supreme lord or looking for the divinity or the divine or god that propound monism and individuality over relationship or over duality oneness that we are not separate we are not full of dualism we are not separate entities we are all to become one and that one identity of ours if we separate into duality it will only cause us pain and strife but the gaudiya vaishnava sampradaya teaches us through this worship of shrimati radharani that the highest state of pleasure happens when there are two not just one and that those who strive for oneness can only go so far to the brahma jyoti or the external realm of the spiritual creation and so these topics are pretty long and complex we will skip through them there you can dis- learn a lot about the duality in relationship and the importance of achintya beda beda tattva and so many things can be discussed 
But today I wanted to focus a little bit about relationship. And why is it that Srimati Radharani and Sri Krishna are showing us the most um, essential form of relationship in its purest form, and how can that be related to our lives today? And so before we talk about relationship, we can talk a little bit about the breakdown of relationship. And I'm just wondering, those of you who are here in this room today, if you've ever had the experience of a breakdown of relationship. Of course we have. So have you ever walked into a room and one of the members of the room, just by seeing you, has gotten up and left? Or have you ever walked into a room and noticed that one person turned their head away or you turned their head away or you became uncomfortable because they were seated in that room? Can I have a show of hands if that's ever happened to you? Okay. Or have you ever had the experience that when you speak and you're trying to explain yourself, everything you say is completely misunderstood and taken the wrong way? All the words that you speak are the opposite of it, is what the other person is understanding. Or have you ever had the issue where when you're trying to work towards something and trying to accomplish something with a group of people, and you feel like you did a great job and you were like, wow, you look next to you with the people that you're doing it with, and they fail to appreciate you or appreciate that you had any part of it, and perhaps you may even have been ignored or left out from the common success of it. And even more intense can be when you've had communication issues with family members. Um, I remember when I was a little girl, I just actually got to see my sister. I haven't seen her in two years, and we were like, we're very close in age, and people think we're twins. And I just went to Houston and met her. Some of you may know her, Goramani Mataji. And we were discussing our childhood, and her first negative memory of me that she brings up regularly like when we talk, we talk about her childhood and she remembers this because it stuck with her. She was three years old and she had taken, she had gotten a maha garland from the temple and she had um, come home and she was a little girl. She was three and I was also pretty little. I was four and she walked into the bathroom with the garland and when she came out or when I noticed that she had taken the garland into the bathroom, I spoke to her so harshly and so intensely and proceeded to berate her and chastise her for taking a maha, like an, uh, how would I say that in English, a sanctified offering from the temple into the bathroom. And that negative interaction from when she was three and when I was four still, still sits as a memory in our hearts. And these negative interactions that we have with our communication, with the relationships and people around us, are so intense that on the national level and international level, just to prepare for this class, I googled conflict news. And the first link I clicked had 25 separate news stories on MSNBC of conflict, and the heading was conflict. And the list went on and on, and I've written something here. Yesterday, Hong Kong protesters were setting fire in the streets. The Taliban launched an attack against a city in Afghanistan. There are issues with Iran and North Korea. And like this, I can continue on and on. I had visited Houston, where we've had a family that was just very intensely hurt by gun violence. This pain of misunderstanding and relationships affects us individually and affects us on a on a national level on an international level to the point where today our temple president his grace nithyananda prabhu is saying that we need to make sure we have a security officer just in case just to keep our community members safe and our community safe so this is not something that is an easy issue to discuss or an easy solution to have. So right now I request each of you, I told you that I was a teacher, to partner up. And if you have been in a class of mine before, I hope it's okay. I keep asking you guys to partner up. But if you can just sit with a partner of yours, we don't have so much time, and share the relationship that you had a conflict with and the topic. So in order to keep it quick, you can say something like, it was my brother, 
And the topic was my new car. Or you can say something like, it was my coworker. And the topic was the raise that he got or the raise that I got. Um, if you can go ahead and partner up with someone, and once we partner up and share that conflict that we're feeling, it could be something in the past, it could be something that's not you and somebody else, if you're not feeling so comfortable to be vulnerable right now to perhaps a stranger near you. And we'll do that for three minutes. Is that okay? All right, so I see a few of you brave souls have ventured out into the um, conversation, and I really appreciate that. Um, let's go ahead and have, have some sharing, if you are comfortable to. Just name the individual, hopefully they're not someone in this room, and the topic of what it was. Anyone ready to share? Would you like to go ahead and share, Shams and Herb? Um, I mean, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, growing up, there's... Definitely, I can name a number of conflicts I've had. I've had. Uh, we had. My mother has ten children, so I mean, we constantly had conflicts, uh, just over small things. Um, but I mean, they were always, you know, normally resolved pretty quickly. Um, so are we just kind of okay? So siblings. Yeah, siblings. And it was over just siblings. Yeah, stuff. siblings. All right, thank you. Sure. And anyone else? Just the person and the topic. Over here, yes. Ex-roommate that I have. An ex-roommate, okay. And she had anger issues. And anger issues, okay. She would get angry very quickly, so you probably triggered that in ways that you didn't realize. All right, thank you. And Mataji, did you want to share? No. Okay. Anyone else looking for one more set? Namishunir Prabhu, would you like to? Thank you. So we had conflicts at work, and the topic was project. All right, projects and work conflicts, and him as well? All right, so you may not be sharing with yourself or sharing with others, because this is, you know, rather daunting to have to express yourself, but you might all be seated in that place of conflict right now where you're remembering the last argument or the last fight, or perhaps it's even much bigger, the last relationship breakup. And so another um, memory of mine when I was a little girl was going to India, and my mother comes from a very large family, nine brothers and sisters, and even more cousins, and going to the village and meeting all of our family, and then knowing that when I'm at this relative's home, I shouldn't talk about that particular uncle, because he's had a conflict, and the two brothers have not spoken in 15 years. And so... That happens in every family. We all have these situations that happen in every family. So, what does Shrimati Radharani have to do with this? Let us start out from the very, very beginning. We are made in the image of man, the Bible says. We are created. The sole purpose for our existence is to have a loving relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, God. And God is two, Krishna and Srimati Radharani. And they have a very pure, very loving relationship with each other. In order to show us what a loving relationship looks like. And Srimati Radharani, she is the energy of Krishna. She is the one who brings the relationship aspect alive Krishna has strength and fame and beauty and power and wealth. Out of all the Bhagavan characteristics, you don't hear the word love. Because Srimati Radharani is the one who brings out the love. And with her one eye, she is looking at Krishna. And a whole separate class can be spoken about the purity and the complete selflessness of her love for Krishna. And with her other eye, she is looking at all of the living entities, all of us who have been created to experience this pure love. And she also takes care of us and loves us and watches over us with the same selflessness and unalloyed feeling of love that she does to Krishna. And so she is considered like a mother. 
Because in this world, when we think about selfless love, most relationships are full of selfishness. You fulfill my desires, I fulfill your desires. Just go for a year with your husband not giving you anything in return for all the service you provide him. Or your wife not giving you any no sweet words, no food, no camaraderie, no laughter. And that relationship, no matter how intense it was romantically, how much love there was in there, it will disintegrate. And so Srimati Radharani, she shows us a completely different side of love. The problem is, as we all know, we have chosen to completely create a separate world from both of them, from the Supreme Lord. And we decided we're going to try and have a world that's revolving around us and our relationships and a separate identity from them. The question came in our minds and Krishna and Srimati Radharani, knowing how much they want to satisfy us and please us, created a completely different world, which is one-fourth of the creation, the material world, covered by darkness. And that's where we have fallen into the cycle of samsara. The problem is that by doing that, by going and saying, I'm going to individually and independently figure out my own pleasure and my own happiness, and I'm going to cut off my relationship with the one who has created me for a loving relationship, we have created the opposite of love in our hearts. And that is conflict and hate and envy and jealousy and anger and lust And so lust is me, 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 I want anger, envy, all of those are ego-driven from a separate ego, a false ego, or a false identity with Krishna and Radharani. And so the problem is now we are here in this world. What do we do? So 500 years ago, the history goes that Srimati Radharani and Krishna were in the spiritual world. And they were having a discussion. Now we're here discussing this, and we may identify this in our own lives, that my God, you know, I'm so struggling with so many external issues and internal vices. We're not the only ones discussing this. We're not the only ones feeling this. Because our original lovers and beloved, Srimati Radharani and Krishna, they're the ones that have, that miss us. They also discussed this. And they had a discussion where Krishna and Srimati Radharani talked about how all of those souls who have left our side, what are we going to do to help them? And it's a very beautiful story of starting with Krishna and Rukmini, talking about the purity of Srimati Radharani's love. And Rukmini saying that us queens can never satisfy you because Srimati Radharani's love is so selfless towards you that she experiences more pleasure than you do, Krishna. And Krishna is like, how is that even possible? I'm God. There's no way someone other than me could experience more pleasure than me. And Rukmini said, no, absolutely not. You are God, but you are failing in this aspect. This is something you don't know. And so Krishna decided that, okay, I'm going to take the role of Srimati Radharani and try and understand the pleasure and the love that comes from, the sweetness that comes from a pure relationship. And at the same time, Narada Muni came in, walking in the room, and he was despondent and disturbed, and he was talking about all of those of us who have left and come to the one-fourth creation. And after hearing about all of us again, Krishna said, not only will I take the mood of Srimati Radharani and really try and understand that mood, that selfless love, but I will share it with everyone around and share it with all of those who have left and really try and have them experience it and then become a part of it and bring them back to our home, to where we belong. So Srila Prabhupada gives the analogy of a, a son who has left the home of his father. The father is constantly thinking, Okay, my son got upset at me and he's disturbed and he perhaps doesn't want to be a part of our company or our household. He wants to make his own way in life. The father and the mother are always thinking, when will he come home? When will he come back home to mom and dad? When will he realize that we can help him? We can talk to him. We can counsel him. The parents are always thinking about the well-wisher, the well 
the well-being of their children. In the same way, Srimati Radharani and Krishna are always thinking about us. And specifically, Srimati Radharani always wants to bring us back to Krishna. So, Krishna had this thought and this worry, and he decided... As you all know, and many of you I'm speaking to could probably tell me about this, that he was going to take the form, completely different form. And that form is Gauranga Mahaprabhu. Gaura means golden. And Anga means form. So Srimati Radharani, she was so powerful in her love for Krishna that Lord Krishna himself decided to enter her heart And see, what is it that makes her, that is who she is? And this is what everybody wants, right? We all want the people that are in our lives to really understand us. And to really get what we're dealing with, what we're feeling, what we're thinking about. This is like the essence of a good relationship, is when you're able to understand the other person and they're able to understand you. Krishna and Srimati Radharani's love is so powerful that Krishna decided to create a completely different form, a magical form, where he is Krishna, but he is in the mood of Srimati Radharani. And that form is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, for those who may not know. On the left side here, we have Gauranitai. Lord Nityananda is left and Gauranga is on the right. And he is Krishna in the form, in the mood of Srimati Radharani. And he decided that he was going to take his appearance on the earth planet. And if you read the scripture, he comes once in every day of Lord Brahma in this mood, in this form of Radharani. And it gives us a little bit more access to Srimati Radharani. And Lord Chaitanya appeared 500 years ago. And it was actually only a few hundred years prior to that 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 the worship of Srimati Radharani was established, was re-established in the Vedic society. Because before that, a lot of the worship was Lakshmi Narayan and Lord Vishnu. And so once Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took that form, he came to this planet 500 years ago and performed so many pastimes and said, you know what? I am going to be as the mood of a devotee. So that's the second point, that she is not only looking at all the devotees in a way to connect them to Krishna and take care of them and bring them back to that original relationship, but she is also herself in the mood of the devotees. And so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I'm going to be one of you. I am with you, and I'm one of you. I'm not God. And when somebody would say to him, oh, you're the Supreme Lord, he would close his ears. No, no, I am not. I am just a servant. And so like this, there were so many ways that he taught all of those spiritual seekers to work with each other and connect with each other and communicate with each other in order to establish a loving relationship with the Lord. And so I'm going to share some of those techniques with you. Now, some of these techniques are intermingleable, and there are actually quite a few techniques in how to re-establish our lost relationship with our original Lord that we have broken from, and how to deal with the conflict in relationships that we find today in our lives. So we spoke about, you know, issues with teammates and... um, in at work and we spoke about relatives not speaking to each other and sibling rivalry and all kinds of issues this all of our material and spiritual issues can be solved by understanding a few of the things that Srimati Radharani and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu have exemplified and have taught so one of the first things that happens in conflict when you have conflict is what they say in companies when they're working on like trying to motivate teamwork, is role confusion. What is my identity? And the important thing about role confusion is that when you're working with somebody or in a project or discussing um, a goal that needs to be met, you need to be really clear on who you are and what you are meant to be. And so that's why the first thing we can be really clear on is 
Or I can say the flip way as well. Our identity, our solid 100% identity is an eternal loving servant of Krishna. And servant doesn't mean in the connotation that we're used to it. You know, the maid comes and cleans your house and you just like don't necessarily care for them and you give them some money and they leave. Or the boss who's like really intense that just gives instructions and doesn't check on your progress or on your feelings or on your emotions. No, a servant in the bhakti process means one whose heart and soul is for the welfare of the master, and the master is for the welfare of the servant. I will take care of you. I am your everything. I will carry you through all of your needs, and you will help me and work with me and carry and protect my needs. It's actually even more than that. Even what I spoke is a little bit of a business relationship. You take care of my needs. I take care of your needs. It's an even deeper feeling and a deeper emotion than that. And what is that deeper emotion? That And this is something that is hard to wrap around and practice, but it's something that we must practice, that I am so firm in my identity as a servant of God that whatever God does to me, whatever happens in my life, I trust him, I serve him with all of my heart, blood, and soul, and I will never ever be doubtful towards him or leave his side. So if we're first fixed in that identity now, that's, you know, I'm saying it, I'm not fixed in that identity. It's going to take us some time to become fixed in that identity. And the process that is given to us of being fixed in that identity is twofold. First, the bhakti yoga process, which is nine processes. It's a long, another long topic that I, I could go on. First, hearing is the first process. Hearing about this relationship that we have broken. And Shravanam. Shravanam, hearing about this relationship so that we re-spark it. And the second one is this Maha Mantra that we chant. And so Srimati Radharani is present inside of this Maha Mantra. Her name is double Krishna and Rama's name. So if I can have a show of hands of who knows the Maha Mantra. Okay, everyone knows the Maha Mantra. Here it is. Let's all recite it together. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So the Maha Mantra has Hare, Srimati Radharani's name in there, eight times. Krishna's name, four times. And Rama's name, four times. Because Srimati Radharani is the one that we need to connect to in order to establish our relationship with Krishna. And if she seems like an ethereal, you know, God far away, how do I connect to him? How do I know him? Do I know much about Srimati Radharani? Who is she? I can't see her. I can't touch her. I can't talk to her. Then please chant this Maha Mantra. And through the regular process of chanting this Maha Mantra, she will start becoming real for you. You will start seeing those interactions with her. And that will establish your identity. And Srimati Radharani in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that's the first thing she did. She establishes her identity. And what is the verse that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says in establishing his identity or her identity? Naham vipro na janarapati na pivaisho na shudro Naham varni na chagrihapatir na pivanasto yatirva Kintu prodyan akhila paramananda purnamrita dhir Gopi bhartu padakamalayor dasa dasa nudasa Let me reject all of my temporary designations that have covered me over. I am not born in a specific family to a specific lineage. I don't have black hair or brown hair or blonde hair. I don't have, I'm not born in America or China or India or Russia. 
let me get past all of these labels and designations and go all the way down to the core of my essence of who I am. And we've already established that we're eternal spirit souls full of bliss and knowledge. But even beyond that, Gopi Bhartu Padakamalayor Dasa Dasa Nudasa I am the servant of the servant of the servant of that person who maintains the gopis, Sri Shamsinder Krishna. And that's Srimadhi Radharani saying that. Srimadhi Radharani is Krishna, basically, and she's not saying, I'm God. She's saying, my identity is to be the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant. And so, the first issue that happens in role confusion, when you have issues, so we've had that issue coming to this world, our identity is messed up, and we don't know who we are. That's why we go from life to life, birth to birth. Okay, that's the spiritual reason for that. Looking materially at all these conflicts that we have, most of the time, the first reason for the conflict is role confusion. You said, I was going to be the one to take care of that, but you did it instead. We have a team working together, and he's stepping on my toes and doing my job. Or a classic case is, why are there so many issues with in-laws, mother-in-law, and uh, daughter-in-laws? Role confusion. I'm supposed to be the one to provide the happiness for this man as the mother. No, you're the new wife, and you're going to do what I was supposed to do? Role confusion. Or if you're in a team, some of you talked about sibling rivalry, the sibling rivalry that happens with parents recognizing that child and not recognizing this child. Role confusion. Wait, my mom and dad love me the most. Why are they communicating that they love him? Why are they recognizing my brother or sister? So the first materially issue to resolve is role confusion. And Srimati Radharani, how does she resolve this? Gopi Bhartu Padakamalayor Dasa And we'll work on this topic a little more. We'll get into the next step. But she sees how to serve in that environment of role confusion. And so what I can explain to you from my personal experience is that if you're finding conflict because of role confusion, you can have a discussion with the people that are involved in that and look for a way to meet their needs. Hear from them about their needs that need to be met. And then you will have an open environment to discuss what you thought was correct or what your role was. And that will help bring the conflict to a resolution. And so there's a story, a funny story that I wanted to share with you. Um, just give me a second as I find it. All right. So there was a principal of a school and a board member, and they were having role confusion, where the principal is like, the school and all of these areas are under my purview, and the board member is like, well, wait a minute. All of the things that they're doing or that per- the principal is doing is affecting me. And both members started talking about it to their uh, different parents in the school and different people that are there involved in the school. And it started becoming a little bit more heated of an environment. And so the um, mediator, it was a priest in this regard, decided that, okay, let's discuss this. Let's meet together and get to a table and hash out all our issues. So he gave the instruction to the principal, please write out what you're feeling about it. What is your issue? And he gave the instruction to the um, board member, please write out what you're feeling on this. So both of them came to the table to discuss. And the principal started. And he read out what he had written. You know, I have been feeling so much like the board member doesn't want anything to do with any of our initiatives at the school. And I feel like he's always trying to stay away and he's not interested in helping us out. And I feel like he would be such a good asset to the school, especially in the area of fundraising. But he's always like, feels like he doesn't want to be a part of it. And the other person then read his issue. The board member read his issue. And his issue was, 
I feel like the principal doesn't want me around and doesn't feel like I'm a valuable member of the community, the school community. And especially in the area of the exact area that the principal had spoken of, he, I get the feeling from him that he wants me to be far away from it just by both of them being confused about their role and not being able to discuss it and talk about it. They had conflict. And so that's the first thing that we can take from this idea of trying to figure out how to deepen our relationships with each other. Role confusion. The second one that you see that Shrimati Radharani follows is, well, I'll say the opposite. A lack of trust in others' goodness. So one thing you know about Srimati Radharani is that she is always looking at the good quality of all of the devotees around her and all of the people that she brings to the Lord. Even those who the other gopis are against. Even those who are clearly against her, she is always looking to bring them to Krishna and see all of their good qualities. And for those of you who know Srimati Radharani, she has two like anti-members um, of the community named Jatila and Kutila. And Jatila and Kutila are always trying to figure out things that are wrong with her. Every day there are stories of them creating havoc for her, chaos, disturbing her, talking bad about her, especially Kutila. And it's like all kinds of cool spiritual drama happening up there. But if you look at the the historical anecdotes, Srimati Radharani never, not even in one instance, I went through the whole Radharani book today to look through every single story to see if there was one instance of Srimati Radharani ever saying anything negative about Jatila or Kutila. With all of that harsh harshness that they show her, not even one time. To the contrary, when she speaks about them, she praises them. She uplifts them. And when she's in front of them, she offers her respects to them and gives them her total compassion and love. And so this, in our own relationships as well, is something that we can take to increase our ability to establish a non-conflict environment. The mind has a tendency to focus in on the negative. When you're at home sleeping and your mind is going, you're not going and going and going about something amazing that happened. It's usually something negative and some relationship that's negative. And we have a tendency to walk in the room and a person that we have a discord with, if they kind of like looked differently or acted differently, we're not going to look at what they did do. We're going to focus on what they didn't do. And I see this with my own self and my children all the time. You know, I come in the house and there's a list of chores that need to be complete. And the chores that are not done is what I will notice first. I won't notice the whole long list of chores that are done. Or my husband has gone to Costco and got everything, all the groceries. And as soon as he comes home, the first thing I remember is what about that item on the list? And so this tendency in all of our relationships to focus in on the negative, this is what we have to stop doing. And this is what Srimati Radharani emblemizes. This very similar to Sri Krishna, Bhavagrahi, to look at the good in the circumstance and actually practice it in our relationships and with those that we have conflict with to tweak it. Don't sit down at home and write in a list of all the things that your boss did wrong. And this is one of Stephen Covey's also habits. Sit down and write down all of the things that happened correct. And there's a beautiful story about this as well. And so there were two brothers and they lived in two homes on two farms. And in the middle of the homes were a river. And they had a massive falling out. Perhaps they got married and their wives didn't get along or who knows. They had a massive falling out and they stopped talking to each other. And one year passed by, two years passed by, three years passed by, and the discord in their hearts became bigger and bigger and bigger. And one day, another farmer happened along and he was like told brother, let's call him brother Bob. Bob, I have a lot of time on my hands today and I can help you. Um, but I'd like some pay for my work. And do you have some tasks that need to be built? And Bob is sitting there like fuming for three or four years about how his brother lives across the way and there's a 
river in between them and they've never talked. And he's like, yes, I have a task for you. I will pay you to build a fence. My brother has used this river to create a divide between us. And the river is just getting deeper and deeper. And it seems like my brother wants to create this divide stronger and stronger. So the brother didn't create the river, but he created in his heart and in his mind more reasons for the divide to be stronger. And he said, build a fence so high that I don't have to see my brother's house, so I don't have to think about it anymore. So sure enough, so the friend farmer said, okay, you know, this is the payment I ask, and he gave the payment, and he left. And when he came back, so when he was completed, it was done, it, was, you know, it wasn't someplace near the house where they could see, it was a little farther where the river was, a big property. So when they came back, when he came back at the end of the day, and brother Bob said, is this fence been built? And the farmer said, come with me. And started walking down to the location. And Bob, brother Bob, doesn't see any fence being built, because if it's a tall fence, you'll see it from far away. But he sees something else there. Across the river has been built a bridge. And from the bridge, from the bridge, his brother is walking down. The brother that he hasn't spoken to in four years. And his brother is like, wow, for four years, I have been waiting for some kind of a sign from you that you still think of me. And I have done so many negative things to you in your life, but look at you. You have minimized my negative and increased my positive and built this bridge to reach out to me. And I am yours and I love you. And they give each other a hug and, you know, the story goes on. So you minimize, Srimati Radharani minimizes the negative and increases the positive. Do that in every single one of your relationships. Anytime the anger and lust and envy like comes up, minimize it. Tell yourself, minimize it. Increase the positive and do that in your relationship with the Supreme Lord through the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. I have 24 hours in my day. I have cut off my relationship with you, Krishna and Srimati Radharani. I'm going to show you that all of this separate life that I've created for myself is not as important as my relationship with you. And please accept me. And we do that in our practice of bhakti where we chant for two hours we recite mantras for two hours every single day. So that's the second one. And the last thing I want to say is not only now does Srimati Radharani very firmly fixed in her identity as the servant of the servant of the servant of not only Krishna, but all the living entities with Krishna. And we need to be so firmly fixed. Secondly, she also minimizes all of the negative that she may be faced with. And last, not only does she minimize and create bridges, but she brings people to Krishna. Even those who may worship Krishna more than her or who may be seen as a cause of jealousy from other gopis, there is a whole beautiful story in the Prema Samputa by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur of a demigoddess asking this question to her. Srimati Radharani, how is it that you could be so tolerant of this Dibachi Krishna? On his way to meet you, he stops in how many places and talks to how many girls? And how is it that you continue to love him? Of course, this demigoddess was none other than Krishna. And these are very esoteric topics that are difficult to discuss in a general public like this. But... She sees what is for Krishna's pleasure. Krishna's pleasure is that the living entities be happy in service to him. And whatever it takes, I will bring them to Krishna. So the last principle for us to follow in that footsteps is called pass the ball. And I'll end with this story. It's from Stephen Covey's book of highly effective um, managers or leaders. And... There were two, and I've spoken this story before, there were two girls competing in a tournament, in a soccer tournament. And they were friends and they were part of the team. When you're friends and you have to work with each other, sometimes there's more discord. It's easier to work with someone who you're not so emotionally close to. When you're somebody's friend, they have issues, you have problems, and the emotions come in the way. This is her friend, and she's noticing that through their passing of the ball to get to the goal, there's competition. 
even though you're competing against the person, the team across from you, I'm trying to get the ball in the goal, and I know I'm really good, but so is she. And she started getting really good at getting that ball and hitting the goal. And I know this because my kids were both in soccer, that it takes a lot of strength and determination to get that ball to the goal. If your mind is also thinking about someone who also wants to get that ball to the goal, you need to have cohesion in your conversation within your, in your effort. So she went home and told dad, you know, like this friend of mine is really like, it's a trip. I'm trying to hit the ball to the goal and she keeps bothering me. And and now I'm noticing that she's snatches the ball away from me, which means we're getting less points because she's not as good as me in getting the ball to the goal. And the father gave her an instruction. Just pass the ball. When you have the ball and you want to hit it to the goal, pass it to her. Okay, now a 14 or a 15-year-old girl is probably not going to take that so easily, right? Why would I pass the ball? We're going to have less, um, we're going to have less success in our scores and we're going to end up losing and that just doesn't make sense. But her father said, trust me, try it one time when you're at the heavy game, the end of the week, the tournament, whatever. And, um, when, when it's ready to get that goal, pass it. And so the moment of truth came, the stadium was filled, the parents are cheering, their score is tied, and they need to make that goal, and she's just ready to take it and hit it, and she remembers that voice of her dad's, and she passes the ball. And they didn't win. The girl did not hit it, but she does it again. She realizes that the feeling of comfort with that girl has increased and the dissension has decreased. So the next game, she does it again. She tries it, passes the ball again. And now that other girl has stopped competing with her. Oh, wow, she recognizes that I can also hit a goal. And now they both are recognizing each other. And after a few games, they have built back that friendship and that camaraderie that they're passing the ball to each other and hitting the goal together. And so that's what Srimati Radharani does. She brings people who may seem to be opposite and envious and jealous and who we may have been jealous to or envious of in our own ability or strength to want to be forward. And she brings them to Krishna. She gives them success and gives them credit. And at the Kirtan festival, Nityananda Prabhu said, Hare Krishna is the reason why everything happens. Radharani is the reason why everything happens, but they give the credit to their devotees. So in materially and spiritually, we have to learn how to pass the ball to those that we're having conflict in. Not just not think the worst of them and think good of them, but empower them, pass them the ball, let them shine and suddenly you will see that they will notice you and recognize you and your relationship will become stronger and so the purpose of relationships becoming stronger is because dear devotees we not only have to make our relationship with krishna so strong and not only have to make our relationship with each other so strong but we also have to experience this so that we can share this with others. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Srimati Radharani has come to establish Sangha Kirtan, teamwork, collaboration, so that the countries like Hong Kong who are protesting and the conflict in Iran and all over the world and the gun violence and all of this happening all around us can diminish. And the age of Kali, which is quarrel, can be extinguished. And the only people that can do that are those of us that are sitting in this room today. So on Friday is the chance for us to tell Srimati Radharani, please allow us, please teach us, and please accept us as your servants. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Uh, we have one minute for questions. If anybody has any questions, real quick. Sorry. Hare Krishna. Oh. Uh, I just had a comment that um, when I first came to the temple uh, in 2000, right, I mean, one of the first things that I was taught by Nityananda Prabhu was that um, anyone, anyone who sets, anyone who crosses the threshold of the Dham, right, 
is under the uh, protect is the special guest and is under the protection of Srimati Radharani, so that we should approach each other in that in that spirit in that attitude, and also that if we if we go to Srimati Radharani, she's behind the curtain right now. But if we say, "My dear Srimati Radharani, I am yours and you are mine." She will not let us go. Like we might forget about Radharani, but Radharani doesn't forget about us, and and that is 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 right in line with um with what you're saying. A very I beautiful. I love that. Class. That's so beautiful. Such a beautiful statement that you've made. I am yours, and you are mine, and she will. And not only everyone who enters the threshold of the temple, but every single person we come in contact with, every person we come in contact with is Shrimati Radharani's, and it is our job to interact with them lovingly and not think the worst in them. Thank you so much. Is that okay? All right, and I believe the rest of the program will continue. Hare Krishna.